This is DevOps in Agile Way Podcast. Hello everyone. This is the 12th episode of my podcast. And today I want to come back to the thing which we discussed together with Lee in one of the first episodes, vendor lock or vendor lock in, how some people call it. Probably the proper name is vendor lock in, but I will use vendor lock. So what vendor lock is, I will explain in a second. And then I will try to give you my perspective on vendor lock. And even more, I will go a little bit crazy and you will see what I mean by that. This will be quite interesting exercise. We'll see how it will go. Okay, so what is the vendor lock? So vendor lock is the situation when you cannot easily stop using specific product and just move yourself to another one. The situation expects from you a lot more effort, a lot more time, costs probably as well, to go away from the technology A, B, C to some other technology. What can lead to vendor lock? I'm looking right now on the TechTarget webpage and they mention a couple of them, like proprietary technologies, like contractual obligations, like inertia. Yes, that is true. However, today in cloud world, we tend to think about some cloud native technologies as a risk of being vendor locked in. What kind of technologies? For example, if we take serverless technology, let's think about AWS. So we started our product in AWS. We use serverless approach. We have API gateways. We have Lambda functions. We have step functions. Um, we have DynamoDB. We have SQS. We have a couple of other services which are native to AWS, right? What means in our code, Let's suppose we write this code in Python. We need to use specific libraries, specific modules, which will allow us to work with these services, right? For example, Botofree. This is the one of the modules, one of the SDKs we can use to um, interact with AWS services. So this is the one element of the puzzle. The second element of the puzzle is if we create Lambda function, for example, we need to create it in the specific way. So there is a specific syntax which you need to put into the code in order to have this Lambda functional and also specific way of publishing the variables, the things which will be, let's say, collected by this Lambda function. If we think about how easy it will be to move our Lambda function to the functions, for example, in Azure or GCP, it will be not that straightforward. You cannot just take the code and move it somewhere else because it's not only the code itself. It is as well because in Azure, Botofree will not work, right? Botofree is the library to use with AWS. But there is the whole ecosystem around, like this QSQS, like SNS, like databases, DynamoDB, like API Gateway, etc., etc., etc. Yes, from the API, you can 
export the data in the proper format and try to import it somewhere else, etc., etc. But there are the ways how API connects to, for example, Lambda functions. And this is something what you need, let's say, rewrite in the new environment. So are you vendor locked? Yes, you are. Honestly speaking, if you ask me, is this a problem? I will say no, it's not, because I made a decision, the business decision to go with AWS. I had on my table all pros and all cons, right? And I also should understand, that's the point, I should understand, what are the caveats, what are the traps, what are the potential places which I need to consciously understood and consciously select and agree to them. One of them will be the selection of the specific libraries, for example, or specific technologies, specific services. But now let's go crazy, okay? Let's let's go to the journey far, far away. Now, I said about Botofree. So this means that my application is written in Python, right? Am I vendor locked? In some way, yes, I am. Because I have people in my organization, in my team, who are Python developers. They are not C-sharp developers. They are not Java developers. They are Python developers. So in order to change my programming language to another one, it is not that easy. And I'm not saying here about the huge companies where you can find all kinds of developers, right? For every single language. Just think about very small company like 10, 5 people. Of course, you can learn the new language. Yes, of course, but you can learn new cloud. You can rewrite your code from Python to Golang or to Java. Of course, you can rewrite your code from AWS to Azure. Simple like that. But let's go even more crazy. You work in agile environment in Scrum. Are you vendor locked? In some way, yes, you are. Okay? It is, of course, not like a vendor lock. It's not the technological lock, but some kind of approach slash mental lock. Because Scrum has its own rules. And now, if you want to switch from Scrum to Kanban, for example, but from proper Scrum to proper Kanban, and I know that right now I live in the world of fantasy, but from proper Scrum to proper Kanban, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. Because this is the whole process which needs to be changed. Let's come back to the technology for for a second. If your system, if your application is written on and run on Linux, are you vendor locked? Are you able to easily move to Windows? Are you able to move to IRM? Probably not. So, are you vendor locked? Well, the answer is yes, in some extent, yes, you are. So, any simple decision, any single approach, any single technological choice, sometimes more, sometimes less, but push us into some boundaries or push on us some boundaries within which we need to operate. And if we operate in some boundaries, we operate in some kind of locked environment. You can agree with me, you can disagree with me. 
especially if you disagree with me, let me know in comments, let me know in private messages, in LinkedIn or whatever else, what is your opinion about this. But I believe this is quite important to understand that vendor lock is, well, sometimes vendor lock may be problematic. Sometimes vendor lock will lead us to some opportunities which can be lost or some delays. But generally, if we talk again about clouds, with this vendor lock, with this specific approach to things, we receive from our vendor designed and crafted services for very specific use. And in general opinion, those services should be optimized, should be maintained properly and really created and architected by people who really know what they do. And they had a lot of experience already with this. If you ask me what I prefer, for example, write my own orchestrator for containers, which will be great, fantastic, crafted for me in 100%. And I have 10 people for this. And we don't talk about costs and time. Or I can use the locked solution from any vendor who offers me some orchestrator, which I will use in 60%, for example, 40% of this orchestrator I will not use. But behind this orchestrator is a huge maintenance power, huge brain power, which constructed all stuff. And they can take away from me all, you know, all this stuff around maintenance, management, infrastructure, etc., etc. I will select the second. Because for my business, it will be most more optimal to just start. So that's why SaaS platform, software as a service, become more and more popular. Because if you, if you look on some specific SaaS platforms, right? doesn't matter what it will be. It can be platform for infrastructure as code. It can be platform for monitoring. It can be platform for a deliver, right? For, like CICD platforms. They somehow push you into some locked environment, but you don't need to have people who will maintain this platform. And even if you write this platform yourself and you will have it in-house, you will have great team of engineers who maintain, develop the features, etc., etc., and you decide to switch to something else, guess what? It will expect from you the same amount of work or even more than just using the existing platform, okay? And probably the friction will be higher because you already have people who need to change something. They are going out of their comfort zone. And this is also aspect which we need to take care as leaders. Vendor lock itself is nothing bad. And I agree here with Lee, who also said that for him, vendor lock is nothing bad. And honestly speaking, I don't understand really this uh, deep discussion. How bad is vendor lock? Because it's not. Should we think about vendor lock? I'm looking on another web page right now. And they said something like that. Cloud vendor lock is equal to lost opportunities. I mean, really? What kind of lost uh, opportunities they, they mean by that? Every cloud vendor has databases. Every cloud vendor has serverless approach. I mean, uh, the most big ones, right? They have 
microservices, they have serverless, they have virtual machines, they have queues, they have they storages, they have everything. Choose wisely, yes, but lost opportunities, really, it's not like that. And we cannot equalize those two things. The point, as I mentioned just a second ago, research, be very, very specific when you look for the solutions. Think about what you need now, but also you can start thinking what you will need in the future. Because believe me, we can say that technology today is so dynamic, it's hard to say what will happen in one year, two years, etc., etc. And yes, it is right from one perspective, but if we think about this a little bit differently, the year is only 50, uh, 52 weeks, and weeks just passing like crazy. This is uh, really, really important to think about the future state. So this is for sure something what we need to think of. And of course, all those good advices, how to avoid vendor lock by, for example, having portable solutions, etc., 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 will work very well if we talk, for example, about microservices, containerized microservices, right? Because you have the, let's say, Docker image. You can run this Docker image on the machine under your desk. Or tomorrow go to AWS. In two days go to Azure, then to GCP. But you can take this image and go somewhere else. But you need someone who will be able to run this image there. So are you vendor locked? To some extent, you are, right? So for sure, this is uh, quite important. And there are risks, of course, if you do wrong selection, if you do wrong choice, you are open to some risks, like higher costs of your solution, like reduced flexibility, like like a huge amount of effort needed if you want to change anything, right? But this is really, really, really related to the architectural decisions which you need to take at the beginning. And it's good, it's important, it's crucial, it's imperative to have people who will understand what they do when you start with something. So this is my opinion about vendor lock. It's nothing bad. It's, of course, not perfect situation, but we are vendor locked everywhere, really. Even if we don't think about this like a vendor lock. It can be process lock, it can be approach lock, whatever else. There are always some limitations. And if there are limitations, as I said, you, we, all of us, we are somehow blocked in some moment. We cannot do everything what we have in mind, what we want. Yeah. That's enough for today. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And as I said, if you agree, let me know. If you disagree, let me know. And I'll be happy to discuss this with anyone in the future. Thank you very much for your time. Take care and see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of DevOps and Agile Way podcast with your host, Pabeu Pivosh. Subscribe, comment, and do not forget to check our next episodes. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Stay curious.